It's episode 14 of the Toadstool Boardroom for the week of September 7th, 2022. My name's Logan Plant, joined today by recently returned from PAX, Odell Harmon Jr. Hey, hey, everybody. And recently went to a wedding, Chris Shriver. Hello! just well, went out? What, I don't mind this lighting, though. I might leave <laughs> this. good. Yeah, I think I'm going to leave it. I accidentally okay. turned them all off. Uh, my little Google Home. I'm going to leave it. Yeah, it looks very podcast. Yeah, all right. I like the vibe. We've got a lot coming up in the Toadstool boardroom. We're going to talk about that new trailer for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Some information about some Zelda spinoffs that never came to be, including some ideas for our very own Zelda spinoffs. Sorry, I gave these guys some homework. We'll see if they came to class prepared. But first, Odell, you went to PAX and there was some Nintendo goodness there. There was some Pokemon. There was some Splatoon. Why don't you tell us about what you saw? Yeah, so, well, first and foremost, I got to say, they were setting up this giant video wall for Scarlet and Violet and had, like, promotional stuff. And everybody was led to, well, not led to believe, but everyone just assumed that Nintendo was showing Scarlet and Violet to some capacity. If it wasn't going to be on the floor, then maybe it was behind the closed door appointments and stuff. And they weren't, sadly. It was just a giant video wall to nothing and a lot of Scarlet and Violet things, but not actually the booth. But yeah, so they had a big pokemon tcg area i'm talking about huge like you know the setup of what you see a triple a setup do and of course people i'm sure you've already seen the splatoon booth was which was equally huge and somehow bigger and that were probably the show stillers for everyone because clearly nintendo you know is one of the you know the big boys uh sony and microsoft were not there to any you know floor capacity so they had the area to show I kid you not, when I say the line at the TCG Pokemon booth was never ending, it was never ending. Like, I feel bad for anyone. If you were not in that line within a literal minute of the show for the opening, it was probably already too late. Wow. And so I know we talk about Nintendo's fun things, the online things they do. Fun fact, for the Splatoon booth, you had to reserve your spot on an app. Like, I forgot what it was called now, but it was like Nintendo Fast Pass. I forgot what they called it. And you had to do that and then show up at your allotted time. And that was the only way to sign up to play Splatoon. And so you kept seeing all these people getting this long line. They're like, did you sign in on the app? And they're like, oh, no, we'll wait in the line. They're like, no, you have to sign in on the app. That's just how this works, period. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was every day I would go watch this huge line wrap around the booth and then suddenly disappear. (laughs) Wow. I remember the last E3 I went to was E3 2018, and that was when Smash Ultimate was being shown off. And they had a similar thing where you signed up, I think it was just through Eventbrite, so a third-party app, and there were two different lines at the E3 booth. One was if you signed up for a slot, and one was if you were a walk-in. But they kind of made it sound like you had to sign up for a slot to get a time, so everyone was in this line signed up for their time, and then the general admission line was, like, empty. So me and my group just went through that general admission line and played, like, Smash, like, eight times in a couple hours because everyone was like standing there with their QR code waiting to scan. It's like, did you, you get first place to get one of those line. coins? I did. Yes. Nice. They, they were going up the pins that year. I got like eight of those, those smash ultimate pins, which was super cool. But how was Splatoon Odell? Did you play it? Oh, I did. It was amazing. First off, let me tell you, I take back anything I said about the game, not looking visually impressive because apparently go. if you have your TV tweaked to the best possible settings and I don't know, I'm not saying the Switch was souped up, but it felt souped up from how great that game looked. I mean, G-R-E-A-T, great and super smooth. Granted, 
we were all on local co-op, you know, so there was no internet buffery to <laughs> mess anything up. I did not mean to say that word. I don't know what I was going for. <laughs> we'll dub over it somehow. Don't worry. <laughs> but it was just, I was just very impressed. And again, local co-op, I understand, but it ran extremely well. I'm talking about zero clipping, you know, solid 30 FPS. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna bump it up to like maybe 40. May, maybe it was a secret 40 FPS. Splatoon is at 60, man. Yeah. Splatoon 3 is at 60, yes. The only time oh, three games have. I think Digital Foundry said the only time it runs at 30 is when you're in that town square. Like in the, oh. yeah. Well, I thought, well, then, yeah, it was clearly running at 60. I mean, just from a visual and hardware spec perspective, leagues above Splatoon 2. Granted, I don't know if that's going to translate to my experience at home, on my TV. Of course, probably not online, but yes, it it was impressive. Like night and day from the test fire. If Nintendo... I like I've been telling... Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, if... Uh... If it would make sense for Nintendo because they have the Switch OLED, um, you know, and that, I feel like that's kind of the new standard. Like if you're really trying to showcase a game, um, that's what they would want to use. My guess is they're using like probably you know, LG OLED or or Sony. They're like the main OLED manufacturers. So if you're looking for a new TV, look for sales on those because they're amazing. <laughs> maybe, maybe I, I should have. I, I I thought to myself I should have checked what the TVs were, but yeah, and um. I talked about this uh, a little bit online before, but like that people were just visually and audibly happy playing the game, like just pure hype. They had, uh, so, you know, they had, you know, forced uh, eight TVs for a station, you know, make a, you know, one V one team. And they had at least at one time, everyone playing maybe about 10 stations. So, you know, that's a considerable amount of people, it, you know, you know, in the grand scheme of thing with the line, that's not a lot. But in, a, in one singular booth, you know, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And you can just hear people like as you walk by just screaming and yelling and all. Oh, and just and when you're in the booth, it's even more just insane because you're doing it. You got the people behind you, the people across the way. And just I remember the guy next to me. We're, we're playing a match and we're, we're at the point where it's like. You you know the point of a soon match where like you look at your the map and then like it seems even but you know you're losing like like there's certain areas that have more coverage and this guy's like who's next to me sorry I don't remember your name he's like man we're not covering enough ground he's like we're not covering he's like man how good are you and I was like I think I'm pretty he's like no man how good are you and I was like I'm, I'm I think I'm I think I'm slightly above average he was like all right man like he he's been looking at he's like man these guys aren't that good like yeah you know they're they're playing the game right but like he's like in terms of just a, a pure on firefight he was like. I do not think they're good. He's like, I think if we can push them right now, because they're trying to they're trying to ink us over and try to get those little crevice spots. He's like, I think we can do it. And he's like, and he was like, and he was talking to the guys next to him. He's like, hey, we're gonna push them. And he's like, right when I give you the signal, I need y'all to just run up, like hang back a little bit. So we go and like I get like this awesome splat k- katana kill. It's literally like, uh, you know, speed boost up a wall. Going down the pathway, coming down and just straight, just windshield wow. wiper blade him into like oblivion. But outstanding, yeah. And then the, and the guy, the guy's next to me, he's like proficient at just like just standard splat gun, just you know hitting every shot. They jump in the ink, just rainbow dropping them on them as they're trying to run away. 
So we get that. We push the other two guys. Our other teammates come in from the other side. Pincer attack. Whole team's wipe. We start inking. Me, me and the other guy who's like, am I good? We go and just start camping just as they're spawning, just tearing them up. And it was like when it was all said and done, we, it was like something nasty, like 82% or something. Wow. And, and I was like, I could never have this online with, unless, you know, that was a good, decent voice chat. Because otherwise, the game probably would have ended and they would have probably inked us out at like, you know, 60-40 or something. Well, but that yeah, last that Splatoon. I feel yeah. like for this, uh, I feel like you two specifically have been a little bit down on this game ahead of its launch. So, glad to hear you had a good time with it here at this preview. And we will chat. We will chat on Discord <laughs> when we play this game this weekend. We will. And we can have a somewhat similar experience. Yeah, Splatoon 3 reviews are out now. It's reviewing very well. Currently stands about an 84 on Metacritic. Also, PSA, the game is leaked. Spoilers are out there. If you care about the ongoing story from Splatoon 1 through 3, uh, the basically every cutscene from the story mode is out there and online. Uh, so be wary of that before you jump into the game yourself this weekend. Yeah, to be oh. clear, the, uh, the content of the story has leaked. The game itself has not leaked. Ah, If you're one of those Yuzu people, you can't get it yet. <laughs> I thought I saw that there was a cracked version being passed around. If there is earlier today, send me a link. No, <laughs> I was trying to find you it know, earlier to, to confirm or deny. But if you saw it, then yeah. I believe yeah. you. Yeah, you know, if I'm being honest, the the leaking of the story of Splatoon three is probably like on the one of the, uh, the lowest, it's pretty low possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's such a funny thing to like make a big deal about. Like, mm-hmm. yo, some people care. There Some is people a do. lot of Splatoon lore. Sure, there's actually a ton. Uh, I don't. I don't personally follow that much of it, but I do know there's some people out there that care. So I thought I'd let them know that it's all out there. So so just be careful. We'll be having a a big Splatoon conversation next week after we all get some time with the retail version that's coming out the day this show comes out. I'm I'm excited. I have it pre-installed. I'm getting it digitally so I can hop in right at 9 p.m. Looking forward to Splatoon three. All right, let's move on here to. Chris making a face. I think it comes out the day after the show comes out, right? Does it come out Friday? Well, it, it comes, comes out Thursday? Thursday night at 9 oh, p.m. Sure. Oh, Pacific sure. Pacific sure. time. Yeah. I get to hop in at You're 9 You're one of those PM. West Coasters, I forgot. Yep. yep. That's always been nice whenever. I, I tend to get physical, but the rare instance where I go digital, it's super exciting to hop in at 9 p.m. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, when all you East Coasters are asleep. So, yep. yep. The night this show comes out... This game is coming out. All right, let's move on, though. Earlier today, new Pokemon Scarlet, Pokemon Violet trailer reveals the three paths that you'll be able to take in this game, the three different stories as well. I got to say it, Odell was right. I was wrong on this one. A Switch OLED model special edition console that's coming out two weeks before the game. Odell's pumping his fist. He'll be picking that up. But something I was on the money right about (laughs) that everybody was trying to tell me, no, it's going to be deeper than that. The three stories are the treasure hunt they teased before, the evil team, and the gyms, and that's it. So it's basically like every other Pokemon game, (laughs) except you can tackle these things in any order. That wasn't all that was in the trailer, though. Uh, They they did show a little bit more, like they're showing up the new Let's Go feature, which is a new way to explore the region with your Pokemon, where you can basically have a Pokemon auto battle for you, so... 
Pokemon's becoming Xenoblade, uh, where you can just send out your Pokemon and have them battle. You don't have to do anything. You can collect items, explore the area, and then they'll come back to you when you're done. They showed off that new crab Pokemon. What's his name? Cloth? Cloth? He's pretty cool. Cloth. Much He's like Big cool Man, dude. I would die for Cloth. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's up there okay. he, without having used him or anything. I feel like he's up there with like Slowbro for me and Slowking. And like, yeah, that's cool. high praise. I love Slowking. And then we also got a look at the new evil team, which is just like the delinquents at school. Like, they're not some organization <laughs> plotting to take over the world. They're just like bad bullies of. at school, Team Star. Uh, and then you have to fight their bosses that ride in on star mobiles which are basically parade floats so uh, a lot of new stuff here in this trailer odell's the big pokemon guy what'd you think you know with each new trailer i'm, I'm always torn there's like things i love and things i hate <laughs> and this and this one was no different one shout out to the pokemon team because why did none of us predict that the evil team would be a biker gang it just <laughs> it's just so obvious in hindsight like i'm sitting here thinking like what the, what did we think it would be what what could it else could it have been, especially given you know biker gang culture in Japan, <laughs> like it's just. But um, so okay, I'm gonna just say this: I've never been a fan of Let's Go features in mainline games. I'm even thinking of like Let's Go uh, Pikachu and Eevee was not a fan of the implemented features of that, and the the, the Let's Go buddy system it was a big no no to me. Granted, I don't know how it works. It could be something very simplistic. Like, just like a, hey, have them go do this and they get items and maybe they'll get some experience. But, like, honestly, it's, it's, it's not like a game-breaking thing or, like, something. That's what, If it's just something as simple as, hey, while you're exploring, if you're in Pokemon to go grind for items and XP for, you know, five, ten minutes at a time, yeah, they can. If it's just, if that's all it is, you know, cool. But, again, it's... I'd, I always want. I always want to think they have to. They dance a fine line between how much of Let's Go do we want to influence in the main series. I say none. I understand that they want to get some of that crowd over the mainline games. Whatever. Uh, the team stuff. I don't know what's going on. The whole fighting car stuff. I don't know if you're fighting the car, but it seems like the car affects the battle in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. Definitely not a fan. Just getting the negatives out of the way. Um, the whole crafty, big crafty thing. I don't know if that's like a story element thing, or is there is there going to be like some. There are some Pokemon that are huge and shouldn't be huge. Don't don't know. But let's get with the good stuff. One, all the good stuff to me came from all the stuff they put on the website after the trailer, like new abilities, new moves, new explanation of mechanics. All that stuff was cool. We got to see who I assume to be the champion with Greta, Gita, Gita, Greta. Yeah, it's, I think- I'm not, is there going to be a champion? Because it's like, okay. after you complete the gyms, you go back to the academy and you complete this like championship assessment to see if you can become a champion. Well, so if you go, if you go to, so in the trailer we met the chairwoman of the league. Well, uh-huh. if you go to the website, it goes she's the chairwoman, but also the leader of all the champions in the region and the strongest trainer. So I'm like, so you're the champion. Is the assessment fighting her then? Like if you can beat me. You're a champion ranked trainer, probably. So, so that's I'm assuming she's the champion, but uh, we got that. We got to look at something else I want to bring up, which is a negative for me, which is in this path, the the gym leader path. 
before you can challenge each gym leader, you have to complete a, a pre-gym challenge, which looks very similar to the trials that we saw in Pokemon oh Sun and God. Moon, which essentially replaced gyms altogether. It was the trials instead of the gym badges. And I think the example we saw in the trailer was, what, what's the Sunflower? Sunflora? Is that the Pokemon Yeah, Sunflora. Name? You had to go find them lost in the city. Yeah, yeah so we saw your, your trainer gathering up those Pokemon, and then after they completed that trial, they were allowed to challenge the gym leader. And I'm very mixed on that because I thought that was an, I, I was ready for them to get away from gyms by the time Sun and Moon came around. But then I really thought the trials were worse because it was basically the same formula as gyms, but these mind-numbingly easy challenges that replaced a fight with the gym leader. So we'll see how they do this second time around. But I was a little concerned when I saw that because I found them very tedious, not very interesting, and I was kind of over the formula by the second or third trial in Sun and Moon. So that's something I'm wary of. In, in Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, no, I will say this compared to the other games, I think this one will make at least a lot more sense. They'll, they won't be, I'm thinking they showed off a task, like this is an intro task, but I think that'll be something like for the Ice Gym leader, it'll be like, you know, climb the mountain. It's like a harsh terrain and filled with trainers. And I, I'm thinking just based off, because it looks a little different, it's going to go, it's going to go, you know, stuff along that. Like it'll be sometimes it might like beat someone. Sometimes it might be like just make it to point A. In this case, he seems to be like you know the first in town. And I'm hoping they're smart and they're like this task really serves an ulterior purpose, so you can get to understand the layout of the city and how things work and how you pre- traverse. Because that's what I'm hoping. It might not be that, but it'd be like look, these sun floors are all in key points of the city, but also getting them will make you understand how you traverse this world, how it works where things are like, you know, ones in the Pokemon center ones and like, you know, a bike stop, you know, all the places that you inevitably need to interact with and know how to use, but we'll see. I wanted the gyms to be racetracks. I wanted them to be circuits and I wanted there to be an entire racing mini game where you had to beat the gym leader in a three lap race uh, before you could challenge them to a Pokemon fight. Oh God. Fetch quest, sun flora collecting that we saw. Chris, I yeah, want to keep the ride stuff to a minimum. No, oh, maximum. Yeah. Max it out. Go all in. Yeah, it seems like they need, I don't know, at least it seems like they're, there's a good chance that they really lean in on that. Uh, it's just the racing mechanic or, or the riding mechanic, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love that idea, Logan. Uh, or, or something something akin to that where it's like... Um, I don't know. Like you have to, you have to prove yourself as like a race, almost like a. I don't know why I'm thinking of Greece, like uh, the T birds. Uh, you know that would that would be neat. No, I mean I, I'm in a weird place with this game as I am with a lot of Pokemon games, um, where the past few generations, like uh, before the, before the show, Odell and I were talking about you know the the games that people com- tend to complain about or maybe haven't played and you know admittedly I've I've played sword uh I played sword um I didn't play black or white uh, I played sun and moon and a lot of the things that it seems like they're pulling from sun and moon uh are a lot of the things that I didn't like about that game um it's why I didn't finish it um or at least felt yeah I mean I fell off of it really um I I I want to be excited about this game. It's just, I'm at a point now with Pokemon where it's very hard for me to get excited for it. Um, it seems like they're making a lot of good changes. And we've talked about this before. 
um, where the, you know the leadership has changed. It seems like there's a lot of like new blood um, in that studio that is really trying to revitalize this for fans that are new and old. Um, and I hope they do. Like I, I want, I want, I don't want another uh, Pearl and Diamond remake where nobody's happy with it. It seems like you know, like I, mm-hmm. a lot of people played that game, but. Even fans of the original were like, no, I'd rather play, you know, the Nintendo DS versions. Um, it's Platinum specifically. Or yeah, Platinum, yeah. yeah. Um, it's just it's been a it's been a while, I think, since even like the diehard Pokemon base has really like rallied around a game. Um not that it won't sell gangbusters, it absolutely will. I think <laughs> I think and I think it's honestly just out of sheer curiosity from everyone that's been you know, uh, this franchise has been in their lives for literally the most, if not all of their lives. Um, so I'm excited to try it. Uh, I do really like the crab boy. I think he's great. <laughs> um, and I, I think of the Pokemon that we've seen for the most part, like I am a fan of the ones that they've actually introduced. Like there have been a lot of generations where we've seen, uh, you know, different, Pokemon throughout or, or teased, you know, before the game even releases. Um, and then you get the main game and like everything else is kind of a letdown. Um, I'm hoping that isn't the case with this though. Like, it seems like there's some fresh ideas here. Some, but I guess my problem right now is, and maybe this is unrealistic. Maybe this is, I feel like in the switch generation, right? We've seen series after series completely reinvent itself. And I've kind of been waiting for Pokemon to do that. And I thought Legends Arceus earlier this year was a phenomenal example. Of I feel like that. I yeah, love that. Game. That was a reinvention of the franchise. And then you look at this and this feels kind of caught to me in the middle between uh, the future and the past. I was very much excited <laughs> about the potential of three new. Yeah, literally. Right. I guess I didn't even think about that. That was unintentional. <laughs> But you look at three three storylines, do them in any order, this open world, and then the three stories, like we said at the top of this topic, are just the same three stories we've had for 30 years. It's like kind of a letdown. The team, the gyms, the legendaries. And that's it. And it's like, ah, I, I just wish that they would have taken that extra step and said, you know, here's something. We don't need another team this time. Team Yell was the worst implemented team I've ever seen in a Pokemon game in Sword and Shield. Like, they were essentially meaningless. They were cheerleaders for this gym leader. They were nothing. And I'm like, this trope is tired and it's time to move on. And even when they're going into this bold open world, they're still they're still not shedding these old things they've been doing since the Game Boy. And I'm like, I, I was ready for that. I was ready for something a little bit different. So that part of today's video did disappoint me a little bit. And then I want them to lean in hard on a mechanic. Like I mentioned the biking. Odell's not a biking fan. Sure. We, maybe, maybe not all Pokemon <laughs> fans would want, but I guess that the whole biker gang and your Pokemon's a bike and it feels like set dressing rather than an actual core mechanic implemented into the gameplay. It's like, oh, it's the same game, but we've just done it all up with this biker theme. But really, when you boil it down to it, it doesn't make any major meaningful changes to the experience. It's just like, oh, there's bikes everywhere and bike iconography and they wear leather jackets and ride in on these cars, but it's still just Pokemon. 
at the end of the day. I do have that fear where it's like, you know, the bike has always existed. Um, and mm -hmm. 90% of the time, if you're in an area where you can use it, you will because you just want to get to the next area. Um, you know, it's cool. It's a cool idea that they are replacing it with that. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't have that feel of like, this is going to sound so dumb and it will, um, moving in a non-restrictive way, um, where it's not like up, down, left, right, which, you know, you will be able to do that in this game. Um, that might help a little bit, but like that, I, I can't believe that like, that's the selling point for me is like, cause even sword and shield had that. I don't know. So, you know, listening to y'all, I've actually thought about something right now that I've, I've probably, you know, subconsciously realized, but it's brought to the forefront of my mind now. You know, it's probably one of the reasons why I don't think we shouldn't move, Legends should not be a framework for any mainline game. And why I'm excited about this game for different reasons than y'all could be excited because Pokemon is a game that means different things to different people. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, okay, let's look at Smash. No one goes, Smash needs a real, no, Smash is a fighting game. It needs to be a fighter. It needs to be this. Smash is not, you know, no one, no one looks at Smash and goes, man, the next Smash game needs to have a great adventure mode. Most people are like, hey, it would be cool if it did, but that's not why I'm here. I think a lot Whereas of people Poke do say that. Huh? I, Chris says that. I, I get mean, what you're I mean, saying. I get what you're saying, uh, yeah, though, Adele. Yeah, 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 I just, I would, yeah. you know, I die on the hill of subspace emissary. That's all. Yeah, okay, let me like this. No, no, no one was going to, you know, praise or condemn Smash based off the performance of World of Light. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. The review points were not going to be coming from World of Light. But, but Pokemon is interesting because to me, I'm a competitive battler. Like, the stuff, I'm not going to go into detail about the stuff that announced about the battle scene and move sets and new abilities because it's amazing, by the way. I am so excited to learn this new battle. Completely excited. I'm more excited about the battle system than I am about the game. But that's, how, that's what I love about Pokemon. I love catching, training, you know, breeding, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's not Pokemon to some people. That has that that is zero percent of what Pokemon is to people. They want to go on the adventure. They want to catch cute Pokemon. And, you know that's fine because, but that's the thing. I think that's really hard. Pokemon is different things to different people. Even me, that I think I love Pokemon. I'm one of the best people, you know, expert on the franchise. But if some kids just like, yo, I just want to catch cool things and like make curry and feed them berries and like take pictures, and that's all Pokemon. I I can't tell him he's playing the game wrong. I wouldn't tell him or her, they, that, you know, you're doing it wrong. This is like, cause, and so I guess that's tough because you can easily excel in one area and not, I guess ultimately going forward, that's going to be the balance is how do we, you know, let's get a team folks. If I just wanted to go on an adventure, how would that be pleasing? If I just wanted to battle and have meaningful competitive balance battling, how do we do that? You know, if I want to do this and, I mean, I don't think it's a thing where we have to sacrifice one area to get good at another. But I guess, you know, we're just in a place where Pokemon is continually evolving in so many different fronts. And I'm just thinking, I wonder how many games actually have to think about that. They Like, forget Smash, I am a fighting game. We can have all these other cool stuff, but this is our core. This is where all our energy has to go to. Whereas I feel like core Pokemon games, I, don't, I feel like other, outside of maybe design, I feel like they can never say this is what we have to be. And then everything else is secondary. No, that's, I mean, really? that's a really good point. Like it, there aren't, there are a few mechanics within Pokemon that like, I think, and I think this game will live or die by its battle system. Um, because they are adding so much to it. Like the meta is really going to change significantly. And I think you're going to have people that like, 
I myself find that I get overwhelmed by all the different types that have been introduced over the years. Like I tend to forget like what is dark, what's weak to dark and, and fairy and all that. Um, and with, uh, what is the name of the new, uh, like gem system that they're doing? Terrestrialize? Yeah. Something, something like, that. like that. Um, you know, that seems like it's going to be adding a whole new element of like, oh, but he can, or, you know, this Pokemon that is a water type can now become a fire type or, or whatever it is that they're doing. Um, it's going to add that whole new like shock element or surprise element to battles. Um, I think for the competitive scene, it's going to be wild to see uh, just like how, how the competitive scene changes and like how people have to change their teams. Um, you know, if they're used to using uh, specific ones that they've been using for generations at this point. Um, but I think that that component is like, is probably the main key to Pokemon, at least for me, because like you can start Pokemon and maybe only catch 10 or 20 in the beginning. And like, you can get by, you can get through the whole game. If you want to grind that out, you know, Nuzlocking is a thing. Um, but that I do like the point that you brought up of like, there are definitely people out there who are like, no, I, I want to catch the cutest ones and I want to feed them. And I want to, you know, do all this like sub game content that is there. And they're totally fine with that. Yeah. I just kind of had a, a thought breakthrough too when Odell was talking about how Pokemon is different things to different people. Cause I do think it's a fascinating subject that you can apply to a lot of series. I think that the situation we find ourselves in right now with, with this Pokemon conversation is the same one that we were having earlier with our Splatoon conversation, but the roles are a little bit reversed Splatoon. I'm the hardcore fan. I'm the guy who's going to put in over a hundred hours. I'm the one who's like, I don't need this game to change much because I love what it is. And then you guys are over here. Like I need a little bit more. I need a new mode. I need a big reason to come back. But I look at Splatoon and I'm like, this isn't like an esport at this point, right? Like smash. You can't change the core so significantly that it becomes unrecognizable to the millions of people that come to this for that competitive reason. Now shift over to Pokemon. It's the same thing. Odell's very excited about the, the complex changes to the battle system and what's going to happen after you roll the credits at 25 hours. What's the breeding going to be like? What's the competitive scene going to be like? And Chris and I are over here like, I'll probably put this game down after I finish it. So what's there for me? And I think that the answer is very different. For me today, there wasn't much in this Pokemon trailer that enthused me. But I get where Odell's coming from, saying that there's these great evolutions to the battle system that he's excited to see play out. And so I think when you look at Pokemon, there's like three main audiences. There's the hardcore of the hardcore, the people that will do Nuzlocks on Twitch for years to come, the people that will breed for dozens of hours and min-max their Pokemon to compete. And then there's kids who just want to catch the cute creatures and play the game, and they won't really even notice the quality. Right, Every kid that plays this will probably love it. And then there's me and Chris, the adults who still play Pokemon, but don't go all in. And we're kind of the audience that I feel like is being maybe squeezed out a little. But if it pleases those other two audiences, which are maybe for this franchise more important, because if I want a meaty JRPG that's challenging and has meaningful characters and interesting themes, I can play Dragon Quest Eleven on Switch. Pokemon, I don't need Pokemon anymore to scratch that itch. So that's kind of the breakthrough I just had. I don't know if that made sense. No, it does. I, I think you could say that about a lot of games, for sure. I mean, yeah. there's, you know, there are, I always go to Halo. I don't know why. You're always going to have those people that 
rough week for Halo. Rough, rough <laughs> week for Halo. <laughs> yeah. But you're always going to have those people that are like, I'm only here for the single player. And then there's the other that are here for multi. And uh, right now they're all disappointed. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, but here's Infinite the thing. Infinite was great. Infinite's <laughs> campaign was awesome. I will. I, I stand by that. I don't know if other people disagree at the, this point. It's it's I fine. That campaign was awesome. It's fine. I am also in the it's fine camp, but I'm not gonna lie. Like my Halo love tapered off hard at five. Like it was like four was like and eh. five was like okay guys the like sword and shield of Halo. Yeah, <laughs> but you know you know. But before we cap off this conversation in Pokemon Holy, it, here's the thing that that my my biggest gripe with Pokemon is like I feel like a parent in terms of like I see your potential like. I feel like if Pokemon sat down, maybe it will be this game. I highly doubt it, but let's, let's just look forward to Gen 10. I feel like if Pokemon just sat down and just thought, like, we're going to hit all these. Let's just let's ignore the battling and stuff because that's going to be good. We're always going to care about that. We're going to have design. Because there's been some Pokemon games that have meaningful story. You know, people always talk about, like, if you look at, you know, Gold and Silver, those are hardcore RPGs. Like, in the essence of a JRPG, like, that's, a, that's easily base game 80 hours. Just base, not even with trying the two to regions, re- right? Yeah, with the two, two regions, regions. Yeah. like, like that's that's easy. You know, you're putting that, you're putting you know fifty plus hours just to get to beat red at the end, and the story is great. The things, the things, mechanics and stuff. And I'm like, and in black and white too, you see it again. I'm like, Pokemon has the potential to be a quote unquote classic JRPG with a good story, compelling characters, yada yada yada, and all that other stuff. We haven't, and I feel like we just haven't seen the merging of the two worlds yet. And it annoys me because I feel like there should be a Pokemon game, not every year, but that should be a legit game of the year contender. Like, my, 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 in my fantasy world, we will reach this Pokemon game that has a Breath of the Wild effect where it's like, yes, it's the same, it's the same franchise we know and love, and it's always, you know, given praise. But now it has done something, and it, it, maybe, it maybe could be something small. Maybe we're thinking this, and maybe it will be just... A small implement change, a small focus shift and what they want to do. And I really think we'll get that the marriage of it ha- it compels people like Arceus. It doesn't negate its battling. You know, it does everything that, you know, sp- seemingly what each spinoff game does, but just that one core title. And and we'll be there. I don't I don't know what that will be or you know what they would have to change or care or focus about. But I really think there's a game of the year Pokemon title in the core franchise that we just haven't seen yet, but we're getting close. I don't think it will happen as long as they crank them out every year. I just don't think you'll see it. I don't think that. Yeah, I mean, well, the core games don't come out every year. Yeah, dude, really? We're going to have three core games within the last calendar year. All right, all right, generational game. Yeah. I don't, I'm not counting remakes, not counting remakes or remasters. I'm personally not counting Arceus. I mean, like, okay, but those three are still, new starters. Regardless of what you count or not, that's still the same people working on those games, right? Game Freak developed Arceus and Scarlet and Violet, which came out within the same year, right? They, when they're done with one, they move on to the next. They have, ex- and they start, sorry, they start the next well before the one that's up next is done. And I just don't think that they'll ever pull uh, they they just switched to, to cloud development. So, so maybe who, who knows? I mean, they just did that. So, Maybe they're all going to be free from their shackles of old game development stylings. And, you know, this guy in New York is working on a part. And this guy in Singapore is working on a part. And this guy in China is working on a part. And this guy in Brazil is working on a part. And then, you know, we all live in Pokemon World. So I'm going with this. Push the commit to get home. All right. I think it's time to move on. 
to Zelda. Da, da, da. Splatoon, Pokemon, Zelda. I feel like that's all I've been talking about lately, but it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, there, we got some word this week uh, about multiple scrapped Zelda spinoffs. Uh, so yeah, these articles were way of Nintendo life, but from videos from Did You Know Gaming, which talked about Retro Studios, two Zelda spinoffs that were at one point in the works. One we already had heard about previously called Project X, and this, we learned this week, was going to be a game where players would control Sheik fixed in one place in battles that would hit different types of wolves with the Wii remote during these, like, whack-a-mole motion control gimmicky battles. This is a quote from Paul Tozor, an ex-retro dev, that said there were four or five wolves, and they would just be in their idle state waiting to pounce at you. Then they'd jump one by one, and you'd go whack. That's literally all it was, just detecting when the player swung the Wii remote. If so, the wolf dies, and if you don't do it correctly, you take damage. Uh, he also called this an experiment gone wrong that happened to be set in the Zelda universe. So uh, this was one game. I, we heard about this a while ago, game from Retro Studios where you can control Sheik. It sounded awesome. No longer sounds so awesome. <laughs> Not too surprised that we didn't end up seeing it. But the more interesting one that came up during the same kind of video that they uncovered when looking for more details about this Sheik game that never came to be uh, was a game that Retro Studios pitched called Heroes of Hyrule. And this kind of breaks my heart that it didn't happen because it sounds super amazing. It would have been styled like Final Fantasy Tactics. It would have focused on three heroes, a Goron, Azora, and a Rito, who lived 100 years in the past and set out to rescue Link. Uh, and then eventually it plays out through Final Fantasy Tactics-like battles. And then time passes and Link would be an old man who ran a shop. And I don't know what the second half of the game looks like. The second part of the text was like blacked out that was, that was presented in this. But there's some content of this you can go check out uh, either in the original video or on Nintendo Life. Dang, this looks super cool. Yeah. A tactics Zelda game would be just amazing. Uh, so I'm bummed that this never came to be, especially one that doesn't focus. There's so many cool species in the Zelda universe to have Goron, Zora, and Rito take center stage. That would have been super I wonder did this somehow transpire into the champions. I mean, 100 years... The heroes, the chat. I mean, I could be reaching, but that—that's that, no, like too a line on, to me. That's too on the nose. Like it's, it, it, they had to have. You know, they were like, yeah. you know, what if we just pivot this plot over here, and then let's take this gameplay mechanic. Oh, what's that? Fire Emblem Awakening. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Retro was working on before Metroid Prime? I still wonder that. We still don't really know. Before Metroid Retro, Prime. Before Metroid Prime Four. Because they were oh. working on something, and they got really? reassigned to work on Prime 4, and that game has not released. So, I don't know what that was. Maybe it was the original IP. Yeah. Not Star Fox Grand Prix. That was a fake. But it was interesting to see these Zelda concepts, and it got me thinking, like, we've talked about this before, how strange Nintendo is with who they let use their IP and who they don't. You look at Mario... We got Ubisoft with the Mario plus Rabbids. You look at Zelda, you've got the cadence of Hyrule spinoff and Hyrule Warriors. And that's pretty much it. You had Capcom work on a couple of these handheld games 20 years ago, but Nintendo was still heavily involved with those. Really? We're just not going to talk about NBA Street when Mario, Luigi, and Peach <laughs> that, oh play my, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Remember, tournament Logan said that game, game wasn't allowed oh, in our Mario right. Sports franchise. Right. I forgot. It's, it's not a Mario Sports Because Logan doesn't like fun. Mm. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Is that me? Who, who said he doesn't like Nintendo anymore? 
Was that you? I didn't say that. No, I said that you didn't. You said I did. <laughs> I was wrong. Okay. But it had me thinking, Nintendo could do a lot more Zelda. We see a Zelda game pretty much every year, but a lot of them turn out to be ports or remakes or remasters, and I would like to see more spinoffs because I like the Hyrule Warriors games. I know you guys are mixed. Cadence of Hyrule is awesome. I don't care what you guys say about it. That game, that game's amazing. It, it's 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 this thumb. It's the thumb that's in between sideways and up. That that's what I give it. <laughs> What's the insult you've been throwing around lately? Art house gamer. That's yes, art right. house gamer. If you don't like, if you don't like the Hyrule Warriors <laughs> games and Cadence of Hyrule, that's just fun stuff to, for for Zelda fans. But have me thinking. I want you guys to pitch one Zelda spinoff, pair it with the developer. To me, right now, told you guys about this like. Eight hours ago, I assume you spent your whole day thinking about it. Chris, Chris what I'm, do you got? I'm good to go unless you. Oh, I've go got ahead. two. Oh, okay, right. and one that'll never happen. Well, of the two, it will never happen. I want a fighting okay. game from Arc System Works set in the Zelda universe, like a 2D Ooh, fighting good. game. Right, are we talking three v three or one on one? Uh, ooh, I didn't even think of that. That's part of me thinks one v one because like I have a sweet spot for. Uh, Link in Soul Calibur 2. Chris, your camera's disappeared for me. My camera I disappeared. I Odell's I know, he's doing the, the weird, like, I'm stuck in the oh, internet. Oh, weird. Here, let, me, yeah. <laughs> let me turn it back on. That's how he looks. Dude. How's that? He's back. Okay, there we I'll, go. Oh, yeah. I was kind of rocking with it. I liked it. I yeah, like, oh, right. I'm Zelda fighting this. game. Continue. Yeah, so Zelda fighting game. Uh, yeah, part of me wants to do 1v1 because of Link in Soul Calibur 2 on the GameCube. Uh, the other one really likes Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. And Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and Dragon Ball Fighters. Um, I think if you get a roster big enough uh, throughout the Zelda franchise, I think if you if you dig real deep into like you can fight as some sages from Ocarina of Time, Skull Kid, um, some of the Majora's Mask enemies. Like if you really get into it, you can do a three v three because that roster could be huge. Of like really I mean, obscure. Z Fighter has what ten versions of Goku, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, naturally, you would have, like, Pixel Link, uh, Ocarina of Time Link, Toon Link, Young Link, mm-hmm. Adult Link, Breath of the Wild Link, Twilight Princess Link. But let's... let's. I just would want the roster to go so far beyond that. My biggest disappointment with Smash Ultimate is that we did not get a new Zelda rep. That is seriously the biggest bummer of that game for me, because it is three Links, Zelda Sheik, Ganondorf, and that's all you get. And there are so many other characters that would be very cool. Like, we didn't get a Breath of the Wild rep. Yeah, they they retooled Link to fit Breath of the Wild. But, like, none of the champions. Man, like, even, like, I don't know, Master Koga. Like, something. Yeah. something oh, wait. No, yeah. Breath wait, no. Wild. Yeah, the roster's there. What are we talking about? You got Zant, Minna, uh, Master Koga, Gear Helm. You there's got- a... There's a- yeah, there's a lot of humanoid characters. Hell, the King of Hyrule. And you can have, you can have multiple versions of him if you want it. Tingle. Yeah. <laughs> Tingle? Tingle, yeah. Like, yeah, there, there's... And then even, like, the Zoras, like, I mean, there's multiple Zora sages, multiple Zora princesses, you know. You can, you can probably have, like... Midna, the Zor- full, fully grown version of Midna. Honestly, that's, like, oh, yeah. what, what got me Wolf thinking Link, about Midna, it yeah. was all of the movesets that the ca- different characters have throughout the Hyrule Warriors franchises. Because there's, like, characters in that game that you wouldn't necessarily think about unless you were like really thinking about who would I put in this game um, and some of them are really cool Ravio is in that game Ravio is in that <laughs> game <laughs> yeah. okay Odell what do you got for 
one of your Zelda spinoff pitches. Okay. Well, we supposed to have two. I only got one. I, 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 I can. I'll drop okay. my bonus one at the end. Okay, so something I thought that we've never returned to is a like a Zelda two style game. Like uh, I know it's not like you know high up on people's ladders. Maybe it is. I don't know. Like Zelda two is one of those games where like I played it and it's and it's and it's a, and it's, a, it's, a it's a level of difficulty that I'm really not really to just dive into for an old school game. But one one day I tell myself I'll be Zelda two. But let's so let's make a spinoff title that's in the Zelda two style because we to my knowledge we've never returned to that right. No, we have not. I think because yeah. so many people were unhappy with it, but yeah. Okay, okay so let's go to a Zelda 2-style game. That's good. And let's get it developed by Moon Studios, the people who made Ori. Oh. That would be nice. That would be very, so, very nice. So they're, they're good with a fantasy setting. They're good with gorgeous imagery, which the land of Hyrule can be. They're good with giant, massive boss characters compared to like your itty-bitty character in the 2D space. And like Ori, Ori is all about precision, which Zelda Two was about. You know, Ori can only take one or two hits realistically before she's done. I mean, later in the game, you can have but like when you're fighting a boss, like yeah, it doesn't take much. You know, so they got the they got they got gorgeous set design, they got excellent storytelling, they got precision gameplay. I mean, there you go. They they've already mastered the Metroidvania style of map building. That's He's done excellent. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Odell's done it. Yeah, 2D. I would love a side-scrolling Zelda game again. I think that Zelda 2 is cool, but it's just insanely hard because yes. it's an NES Dear game. God. So to get a modern 2D side-scrolling Zelda would be awesome. That'd be awesome. My pick will never happen, but I dream about it. I want Paper Zelda, and I want it to be a classic <laughs> Paper Mario-like turn-based JRPG with I'm with action it. commands. Paper Zelda I'm, would be I'm so cool. That's d- kind of shocking. This has never happened yet. Right? Oh, right? Yeah. Give it the Moonsprout games. They made Bug Fables. It's better than Paper Mario's been in like 15 years. So they never would. They would probably just throw it at uh, the Paper Mario developers. But Was that Intelligence Systems? Intelligence Systems yeah. is yeah. working on that. It's like they probably give it to them. But if this happens, I need it to be like turn-based true rpg combat not what we've gotten in origami king or sticker star or color splash but what we got in the original paper mario and thousand year door but with zelda characters man imagine if you had like colorful sidekicks like an octorok that wears like a like a hat <laughs> and he's just a your character man. and you talk to him and he comes with you and there's just like a bokoblin who's just your sidekick and a lizalfos and all these different enemies that just link has in his party would be so Freaking cool and tells a good story in the Zelda universe. That's what I want. I think it'd be so great. There's I, that concept trailer for Paper Zelda. Have you guys have ever seen it? I've maybe, never seen it. No. Maybe I'll link it to you guys after this. It's it's gorgeous, and I think about it all the time. <laughs> it would just be really, really cool, but won't ever happen. All right, Chris, you got a bonus one. My bonus one, because Konami will never make video games <laughs> ever again, is <laughs> uh, Dance Dance Revolution Zelda mix. <laughs> nice. You do a bunch of remixes of all the different Zelda games, dubstep style, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Give me the pad. Let me play Dance Dance Revolution to the Zelda. And the world is a fan of, of that because Zelda. unlike basketball, he could he considers that a game that could be in the sports. Because <laughs> it is a Mario game. It just is. It just is. I I had a secret bonus one too. Uh, that was just Zelda Rock Band with the. Uh, where the rock band is the 
characters you play as in Majora's Mask. Oh. The Goron drummer, the Zora bass guitar player, the Deku scrub on horns, Link on the ocarina. Uh, and am I missing one? I think that's it. That's got to be a mod in World Tour at this <laughs> point, right? Yeah. <laughs> but that would be sick. Zelda music and there's so much good music. Like you were saying for Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah. Cadence of Hyrule kind of takes advantage of how good Zelda music is, but to have a game where you're actually playing or dancing to the Zelda music would be awesome. I want the lyrics to be the actual lyrics, like when people sing in a game, just... (laughs) 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 Nice. You could have a sim management game where you play as a happy mask salesman uh, who has to run his mask shop. That could be fun. You could do Moonlighter, but... Yeah, Moonlighters, scout out to find new masks. Yeah, that would be cool. Final boss is getting the Majora's Mask. It's a Majora's Mask. Can I run a Bambuchu bowling alley? I always enjoyed those. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. There's there's just a lot of opportunities and a lot of cool developers out there they could partner with. With with Zelda specifically is the one I feel like there's the most opportunity with. Uh, Because I I was thinking about this earlier this week. Like I was just thinking about all the, the Zelda games and just how different they all really are. I think is what makes it open to spin-off potential. It's like you've got multiplayer games, you've got a touchscreen game, you've got a game where you plug in a code after you finish it and it changes what that other game what happens with the Oracle games. Like it's just different every time. And I think that's what made like you can pretty much set anything you want in the Zelda universe and I think make it work. And I like there's that Tingle game that never came to America. Which one? There are three. <laughs> there are three. Not Balloon Fight. The other two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I want more Zelda spinoffs. Thanks for pitching your ideas. Boardroom approved. Okay. Our last topic here is quick news rundown. Mario Kart Tour is removing its gotcha mechanics. Uh, so this is starting on October 4th of this year. So just about a month from now. And they are removing the kind of warp pipe thing. You had to buy warp pipes and then swipe them down and you'd get a random drop from them. And there's so many characters in that game. It was very hard to get what you wanted. And now that's that's completely going away. They're replacing it with the new spotlight shop that's going to be a rotating store. So you won't be able to buy whatever you want, whenever you want, but you will know what you are for. So they're not removing microtransactions either. They're still the in-game currency. But to me, this is like a huge change. We know that Nintendo didn't like developing in the mobile space because of how predatory just by nature that space is. Uh, with microtransactions and that's how those games make revenue but this is a big change i did not expect to see years after this game came out when i feel like it could be shut down anytime like right dragalia law is shutting down and so for this game to be like oh we're we're changing completely how the marketplace works i just found that super interesting what I find more interesting is that Mario Kart Tour is still getting support. I really thought that was a game that would like get supported maybe a year, maybe two tops, and then you know just goes the way of the dodo, but phew, I was wrong on that one. I mean it's the power of Mario Kart, right? Like the second it happened to me two weeks ago. I was at my parents' house. The second my brother found out there was a Mario Kart game on iPhone, he had no idea. He's downloading it, hands it to my niece, he's like, Here you go, have fun. Like it's just okay. it, there is the barrier to entry to a Mario Kart game for anyone is so low because there's so much familiarity with it um, and so much acceptance of it. Like there aren't many franchises where people are so willing to just pick up and give it a shot. Um, yeah. I'm kind of amazed that it took this long for them to figure this out. Um, not figure it out like technically, but like figure out that this is a better move. Um, I think a lot of the reason like 
even when that game came out, they were talking about how, you know, they didn't want to be predatory and they didn't want to have, you know, these bad business practices. And I think us as console consumers were very put off at the idea of like, well, it's, I'm rolling a dice basically. Like there's, I have no idea what I'm getting whenever I, I try to get, uh, or I, I give money to this game. Um, I'm, way more i mean i do this happens to me with destiny too i'm way more incentivized to if i log into destiny uh there's a costume i really like i'll be like you know what i've been playing this game a lot lately i'll throw them five bucks or whatever it is and i'll buy the costume i'm way more likely to do that in a mario kart uh i I think a lot of people would be if they knew what they were getting from the jump yeah yeah i agree i've been doing the same with fall guys also uh, since they kind of relaunched to free to play, they had a supersonic costume. I didn't have quite enough of the currency to get it, so I threw five bucks at it to yeah. get the sonic costume. And it's like I don't feel bad about that. I do feel bad about. All right, time to swipe this warp pipe and see what I get. <laughs> I was very lucky. They gave I played Mario Kart Tour for like two hours when it first came out, and on my second swipe ever, they give you like three free ones at the time when you got it. I got Ludwig, who's my favorite Mario character, so I was set for life. <laughs> on the ever. Uh, but i know not all people are so lucky and the one i still don't have yoshi I... yeah. there's like 30 yoshis in that game oh yeah you can't even get one that is I only one only play like the first two months it's roster is huge it's course catalog is huge yeah it's just trapped on this format i'm not really super interested in but honestly i considered it re-downloading it after i saw this, this did they uh, i'm always unclear on this did they ever add controller support to this game because i remember I th- they talked about it at one point um they added um i know you can play support. yeah you can play horizontal now but mm-hmm. um i remember that was a big deal but yeah i'm not sure about a controller i would i would consider playing it with a controller yeah can you race people in real time now, or is that still not possible? Yes. Yes, you can. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're also adding a battle mode. Balloon battle is coming to Mario Kart Tour. so weird. What? Uh, yeah, it's oh, really weird. Maybe. That, okay, now, mm, give me block fort, and I'm, and I'm there. Okay. <laughs> give me balloon fight and block fort, and I'm there. Yeah, but that's Mario Kart Tour. Maybe I'll hop into it, uh, but probably not. It was Splatoon 3, less than a day away, so. And then last piece of news here. I've been talking about this on this show for a very long time, since the beginning, basically. Finally, the Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak Amiibo are available. They're at GameStop online right now and in store. I expect these to go fast. I expect them to be expensive. They are GameStop exclusive. So if you're interested in the Malzano or the Sunbreak Palamute and Palico Amiibo, this is your chance to act now. Is there a GameStop? I secured mine earlier today. Very excited about that. So now that I have mine... I can tell you to go get yours. Logan, what do these do in the game? Unlock layered armor. Is it the same layered armor for everyone? Uh, Yes, yeah. So the the Malzano amiibo unlocks special Malzano layered armor. Hunter, for your hunter. Then the the dog amiibo unlocks like a golden retriever dog for your your little uh, dog ally. So it looks just like a domestic pet instead of like a cool monster hunter dog. And then the cat is something similar. Okay. The dog. Yep. So that's what they do. Uh, but the Malzano one specifically is very cool. It's very, it's huge. It's one of the bigger amiibo and it, it's going to look very nice to, next to the Magnamala from base monster hunter rise. I'm just glad they finally came. I was worried they were never going to. So I was just happy that they finally made their way. Yeah. Like weirdly enough. And you know, I have a bad habit of doing this. Like I don't, obviously I don't play monster hunter. I've said on the show, but, 
Um, I do feel this like incentive to go pick them up because we weren't sure if they were going to release at all. Like there's that rarity factor. I'm just like, do I just get it? (laughs) I worth $2,000. Yeah. Imagine. Oh yeah. It's an expensive week. If you're a Nintendo collector, there's a lot coming out this week. Where did you guys pre-order Splatoon three? I meant to bring this up earlier. Best buy. You're getting a keychain. Yes, I am. I did not pre-order it. Should I? Should I do that after the show? If you pre-order it from Walmart, you get a plush. And I'm really considering (laughs) changing. How big of of a plush? Are are we talking like tiny plush or like decent size? I think it's. It looks like it's a decent size, but I don't know. Okay. Hmm, I might might hit up Walmart. I was 30 years old, and I'm like, but the toy. The toy in the cereal box. I've never been super into plushes. I have a very few, uh, so I went with the keychain instead. I respect it. Are you actually? What are you gonna do with the keychain? You're not gonna put it on your keys. I have on like my uh, in my car, hanging from the the mirror, the rearview mirror. I have a bunch of little keychains ah. like that dangling there. So I'll probably oh. just tack that one on. Hmm. Yeah. All right. I think that about re- uh, brings us to the end this week in the boardroom. I have two things I want to show off. Quick. I always go back to that fan who asks us to show our Nintendo stuff more. So I'm gonna do that right mm. now. I was in Portland over the weekend, and I had two. Three very cool pickups to share. The first is this Game Boy Pocket. I think it's the Pokemon Yellow one uh, from my research. That's what everyone like listed it as on eBay and stuff. I don't know if they were just like, it looks yellow, so we'll call it that. But I'm pretty sure this came out alongside Pokemon Yellow. Uh, it is the Game Boy Pocket, which is the revision to the original Game Boy. I've never owned a Game Boy before. My first handheld was the Game Boy Color, so I was super excited about this find. And in it, for all you people who think I'm just a Pokemon hater... I got a original Pokemon <laughs> Red version, which I found super interesting that it does not say Red version on the cart. I've always found that super fascinating with these early ones. It's just Pokemon, but it's the Red cartridge, so it's Red version. <laughs> I think that's super interesting. That's weird. The full title isn't on the cartridge. And uh, then, well. yeah, Odell. Oh no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, then the second thing I found was this little Link Between Worlds figure. That's cool. Which only came out in Japan and. In Japan, this game is just called Link to the Past 2, Triforce of the Gods 2, which I find super interesting. Really? It's, it's Yeah, it's called Triforce of the Gods 2 in Japan, and then everywhere else it's a Link Between Worlds or some variation of that. So I think that's super interesting that it's billed as a direct sequel over there and not quite over here, more of like a remake slash reimagining. But this is one of my favorite Zeldas. He doesn't have an amiibo, so he fits right in on the Zelda amiibo shelf. Where were you that you got that? This was at a. This was in Richland, Washington, the Tri Cities. There's a game store. I, whenever I go to Portland, I always stop there because they have a lot of cool import stuff at Sunken Treasure Games. Uh-huh. And I went in and didn't find any games I wanted this time, but I did find this guy. I didn't so, know if it was a uh-huh. uh, what Pink Gorilla. Isn't that like another big one out there? Yeah, it's in Seattle. I uh, I was recently there also. Actually, that's where I got this. It's random. I have this next to me right now. <laughs> is where I got this. Dragon Quest Eight. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And then my other pickup in Portland was I've been meaning to pick this up for a while, but Ask Iwata. Oh, great book! Physical version. Great. I've read book. it already, but I just wanted to own own a physical copy. Very yeah. Cool. But that's it. Those are my pickups. My most recent Nintendo pickups. Nice. All right. That's it for this week in the Toadstool Boardroom. Thanks so much for listening. We made it. Another episode in the books. You can find the show on Twitter at ToadstoolBR. Email us, toadstoolboardroom at gmail.com. We're a weekly show releasing Thursdays 
at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern. Might be a little bit later next week. We have to record a day late. Hopefully we're talking about Nintendo Direct if any of these rumors turn out to be true. But until then, you can find Odell at... Odell Harmon Jr. You can find Chris at... Shrives93. And you can find myself at Logan J. Plant. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. And we'll catch you next time right here in the Toadstool Boardroom.